Welcome back to Fintech Business Podcast. I'm here today with Michael Sindesich, EVP and Head of Trip Actions Liquid. Trip Actions is an all-in-one travel and expense platform whose mission is to empower the in-person connections that move people, ideas, and businesses forward. Michael, welcome. Thank you so much for taking the time. For those listeners who might not be familiar, can you provide a bit more of an overview of Trip Actions uh, and specifically Liquid, the product that you manage? Totally. And first off, thank you so much for having me, Jason. Um, so Trip Actions was founded in 2015. I uh, started to go to market in early 2016 um, when I had joined the company uh, in the early days. And what we originally started out doing was corporate travel. So we built our own online booking tool. And then we quickly realized that um, we should do the travel part or the travel agency and the support in-house. We, we actually used to partner with uh, other traditional agencies in the beginning. So we ended up building, of course, the booking technology, but then also our own support agency infrastructure. And we started getting licenses, uh, getting travel agency licenses in various countries around the world to or- in order to support our more global customers and give them the best inventory at local prices and local currencies. So that's what we focused on for the first four years or so. And of course, we still have a big amount of focus on the entire corporate travel piece. But about three years ago, we started to realize that payments and expense management are so closely intertwined into corporate travel. And hence, that was the birth of Trip Actions Liquid, where essentially we started by creating virtual cards. Um, so spinning up new virtual cards anytime someone booked a new trip within Trip Actions. And what this allowed you to do was two things. One, you didn't have to, as an admin uh, and a finance team, reconcile all the travel payments at the end of the month. Because if you put a centralized ghost card in the product, it can, be, can become really complicated when people change their seats, they change their hotels, they, there's different city taxes, resort fees, it can become a nightmare to close the books and and reconcile at the end of the month. And so by introducing Liquid, which created a new virtual card for each new booking, it created 100% real-time perfect reconciliation for all travel spend. But we also started issuing physical cards. And by adding the physical card, we can do things like control policy. So maybe Mm -hmm. uh, an employee can't spend money on the corporate card unless they're on a trip. When the trip starts, now you all of a sudden have a per diem, you can spend at the hotel, you can spend on Ubers and Lyfts and taxis and these things. And since then, and that's what we launched three years ago, we've really expanded Liquid to cover all types of business spend and all reimbursements. So even if you are paying cash, if you use your own card, um, if you're buying SaaS solutions for your business, TripActions mm-hmm. Liquid actually extends to cover all of these various use cases. And our mission really with Liquid is to completely automate the expense management piece. And 70% of all expenses are in some way, shape, or form tied to a trip. So having that travel piece allows us to create that automation, I guess, for the employee, but also automate all the approvals for the managers and for the finance teams because we preset these policies ahead of time before employees actually spend. So when they do, everything's reconciled in real time and no one needs to do approvals or or go through that management process. And the employee benefits uh, big time because they don't have to front their own personal capital on behalf of the business. That's really interesting. I mean, I have to say in my uh, many-ish years of working in startups and one corporate environment, I never had a corporate card. They stopped issuing them 
uh, to VPs at Goldman Sachs right before I started. So I missed out on the uh, the chance to walk around with a Goldman Sachs Amex. We see that where only a subset of the employees have the corporate cards. And a reason why is because you know, if if you have a traditional corporate card, you can control only usually the amount that you can spend on that card. Mm-hmm. And finance teams would be worried that, you know, you've got all these people running around with cards and vehicles to spend the money. But with us, we set the policy on the card and it's extremely dynamic. Um, so you can have policies around uh, when you're with your team, how much can you spend per person or per quarter? You can do benefits on there and all these types of things that you just couldn't do before um, when you didn't have this type of smart card or policy that that we've built into the platform. Yeah, you're making me think of a uh, documentary I recently watched about uh, Anna Sorkin and one of the... <laughs> <laughs> You're laughing, so hopefully you know what I'm talking yes. about, but a, a very ill-advised trip to, I think it was Morocco, where uh, one of her friends who worked for Vanity Fair put like $40,000 on her corporate Amex. So you're saying that's not possible with uh, with a trip actions liquid card. Exactly. That's exactly correct. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, if I have uh, any of my employees, I will, will uh, be issuing them that so they cannot go uh, racking up charges. Um, but you guys had some pretty big news recently. I mean... Uh, Earlier last year, you announced a uh, rather large uh, funding around $300 million, more than doubling, doubling your post-money valuation to $9.2 billion. Uh, and then more recently in December, um, a huge debt facility, something like $400 million backed by Goldman Sachs, uh, as well as SVB. Um, can you tell me a little bit about sort of the process of, of those two deals? I mean, obviously, we're in a different um, macroeconomic environment than we were, you know, a year, year and a half ago, certainly a different fundraising uh, and valuation environment. So, I mean, you seem to be able to navigate that uh, minefield very successfully to continue growing the business. What was the, what was that process like? What were the conversations with investors like? Uh, Anything you can share there? Totally. I mean, it's it was a really interesting last three years, right? Um, because we were a travel company, right? And, and we are a travel company. And when the pandemic hit, um, it certainly affected us. Our revenue went to zero, right? And I'm sure we'll get into you know what the pandemic was like for for our company, but all revenue dropped, and we decided it's time to innovate, right? And and we started um, building more and more features on the travel side, but also really doubling down on Trip Actions Liquid. And I think you know we're here headquartered in Palo Alto, and um, the pandemic was rough in the beginning for everyone, but. Really, uh, I think we were the only, I'd call it like tech company um, or one of the few that had a bad time during the pandemic, right? Because the mm-hmm. most of the tech companies, SaaS solutions were growing like crazy. Um, we remained very, very nimble, very efficient and continued to double down and meet our customers where they were, right? So Liquid uh, actually took off because all of a sudden now you can get cards in people's hands virtually, you can manage all your spend, you can see and have visibility on what people are doing in real time. And that allowed us to continue to grow. And we won tons and tons of business on the travel side, even gone up to the enterprise space and was able to take a lot of um, customers from our competitors. And and the best time to switch your travel solution is when no one's traveling, right? And and so it made it easy to actually win quite a lot of customers. And, and on the backs of that, then Liquid was also growing very, very quickly. 
And so now um, it's a different time, right? People are back on the road. People are traveling. Teams are meeting each other in person. They haven't seen each other for years. They're building their cultures. And um, that growth has been absolutely explosive for trip actions to the point where the numbers have been really, really impressive, um, of course, through uh, and to investors. And we continue to raise up rounds actually throughout the entire pandemic. Um, but this one's really special because it's an up round for a tech company in a down market, right, where most mm -hmm. companies are, are not able to, to show these types of numbers. And it's really a testament to the usage, to the growth, to the customers we've brought on uh, and to the innovation we've built over the over the pandemic and over the last few years. The, there's a difference between the equity round that we raised, which um, you know brings our valuation to 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 your point to what you said at 9.2 billion, but we also closed a debt facility and a warehouse facility, which is used to actually fund the bringing on of new customers onto Trip Actions Liquid. Because the way that we operate is, when a customer comes to us, we actually underwrite them, and we give them essentially the credit to be able to spend over the course of that month. And then they pay us back mm -hmm. at the end of their statement period. Right. And so in order to operate that flywheel, that's what the $400 million comes in to help um, fund those companies and then operate that credit facility. Definitely makes a, a lot of sense. I, I come from a consumer lending background, so I certainly appreciate as a, as a non-bank uh whatever non-bank entity the need to have a debt facility to enable you to actually like fund the credit that you're extending to to your customers um i mean can you talk a little bit more um from a feature perspective uh of where how you see this evolving in you know the coming you know 12 18 months i mean i think it's it's really interesting that the what I would call like the wedge feature for you sounds like historically it has been the travel component, which, which is interesting because that's not um, something that I would immediately sort of classify as being like a FinTech product, but then hearing you talk about it and specifically the use case of, you know, I think you said something like 60, 70% of like card-based expenses being travel related it's like okay this is interesting and, and quite differentiated from other companies that might be that people might sort of group in your larger expense management or spend management category that maybe started with invoicing or started with you know mm -hmm. charge cards for companies that traditionally couldn't get one you know starting with the wedge feature around travel and then expanding from that into other sort of expenses um, seems quite novel. And so I'm, I'm, I'm curious to hear uh, where, where you think you're going to go from here. Yeah, it's a, it's a great question and, and one we get asked a lot. So I think our value and what we're trying to do is to create beautiful business applications for consumer, for, for end users, right? Like I, I guess I would call them consumers at companies, right? And so... Our system is is and our and our company is offering a service which is almost like a B to B to C because every employee at a company will typically interact with the expense tool and and likely the travel tool as well, um, especially now that teams are doing lots of offsites and and things like that. And so we never we never started the company to say, hey, we're going to be a fintech. Um, we're solving the problem for the user and for the finance team. And it just so happens that sometimes using fintech is the right way to solve that problem in the most frictionless way possible for the user. 
And so when we started um, uh, building the travel solution, right, uh, we saw these problems with payments, with reconciliation, with how many of the business steps or business travel steps that actually have to do with with travel or sorry, with payments. And, and then when you add on to that, like people don't exactly enjoy their legacy corporate travel tools, but people really hate the process of expense management, coming home <laughs> on a Sunday, taking photos of receipts, coding, itemization, uh, things like that can be nightmares for, for travelers and, and for, for any type of expenser. And to your point, you know, 60 to 70, I think it's more like 70% of all of the cardable expenses uh, are, are happening as it relates to a trip. And so our unique value that we can bring because we combine travel and expense are things like automated ho uh, hotel folio itemization. So what I mean by that mm -hmm. is imagine you're a traveler, you go to a hotel and um, you know typically you need to then go stand in line, collect the folio, take a photo and itemize. And on that hotel folio, you might have the the room and tax you might have VAT um, if you're in Europe you might have a meal you might have parking you might have a mini bar charge and these things are just it, they just add up and and you have to then itemize and and buy the cent otherwise you have to go restart and I'm talking about you know, like the process with a traditional legacy uh, expense tool and what we can do is because we know the travel piece we can just say hey traveler Go, go on out of the hotel, we'll automatically collect your folio, we'll automatically itemize it using a lot of our systems and technology, and we'll automatically upload that, we'll apply policy to every line item, we'll submit that, and you don't have to do anything. You can just walk uh -huh. away from the hotel. And those types of features that combine the travel and the expense process create so much value for our end users. And I think that's what we've discovered as we've continued to build and continue to um, essentially innovate around that whole process. So that's where that's where the fintech lens comes in is like, if we can do the process of underwriting, if we can raise the warehouse and the credit facilities, if we can do all of the annoying stuff on behalf of the company, um, you know, we we can just automate that whole process. And that's what's mm -hmm. led us into more and more of this deep like fintech type of offering um, because it creates that value for the user. And it sounds like you're uh, an incredibly global company. I mean, I think given the fact that the, you know, the focus is travel, you would have to be. Um, I'm just, you know, talking about the, the hotel folio. I literally have one sitting on my desk right now from uh, the trip I just got back from. And the receipt or the folio uh, happens to be in Arabic. So okay. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing that that is like a, a, a challenge that trip actions would be able to handle. Totally, totally. And you're right. I mean, from from the first, I remember in, I think it was 2016 or early 2017, one of our first customers, actually 2016, it was SurveyMonkey we brought on. <clears throat> Very quickly after that, we brought on Box. And right away, we realized, okay, you have a US-based company and automatically you like, when you get to a certain scale, you start scaling in Europe and then, you know, bringing on Twilio and they had a big mm -hmm. office and, and um, center in APAC and also box in, in, in Japan. And when, when you work with, I wouldn't necessarily say it's just because it's traveled, but we're, we're solving problems for not just SMBs, but 
commercial size mid-market enterprises. Mm -hmm. And these enterprises tend to be rather global. So from the very beginning, we did everything with a global lens, including mm -hmm. uh, what OCR technology we use, which is going to be able to translate different languages um, for our users, right? And, and so that's, that's the lens that we look at how we operate everything that we do here at TripActions. So I won't have to be holding my phone and uh, Google Google translating all of my uh, receipts to figure out how much I uh, owe to whom and, and how to itemize it. That uh, that sounds like reason enough. Um, I mean, you mentioned like quite a number of different uh, customer segments that that you work with. Um, how do you think about sort of what your competitive landscape looks like? So, I mean, are you competing with you know, the American Express and concurs of the world, or is it sort of other, you know, other sort of fintech or like startup solutions? Or is it, you know, the guy who's like running like Google Sheets and Excel? Like who who are you competing to win business from? Yeah, I kind of, if you can, in your head, imagine um, like a Venn diagram with three bubbles and mm -hmm. you have essentially let's say on the top, you've got expense management tools, and that might mm -hmm. be your concur, your, your expensifies of the world. Then mm -hmm. you've got, let's say in the bottom left, you've got your corporate travel companies. And um, most of these would be like the traditional agencies, right? The Amex, the BCD, the Carlson Wagonlit, um, these types of travel agencies. And, and on that even Venn diagram where they overlap, you can have, um, you know, like a concur, which does travel and expense. They don't do the travel agency part, but, you know, you pair that together and you have them. Then you can have this third quadrant, which is more of like the corporate card uh, type of solution, right? Mm -hmm. You might have your traditional corporate cards and where corporate cards and expense seem to overlap. Uh, you might have a lot of the new spend management type of players, right? But in the middle of those three circles where they all meet, uh, there's only one company and that's TripActions. We're the only one that's doing the travel agency, the booking tool, the expense management and the corporate card, and we're doing it globally. And so when we compete, we generally compete with quite a few different players, but it's really about combining a lot of these solutions together, first and foremost, because it's a one plus one equals three, hence the value we talked about earlier that we can create for the user. But the other piece is we're also trying to be the best in every single one of these categories, right? Because I don't agree with the philosophy of like consolidate just because it's easier. I think you need to be better on par in each of these different categories. And then when you meet the customer, you create this like aha moment that's like, oh, of course, like all of these values that you're creating match up against the competitors that we were looking at in various different processes. And typically when a customer, uh, when we can get in front of the customer or they, you know, research us and they see the value of having all those pieces in one, that's where we win hands down because it's, it's so obvious um, to the same extent where, you know, I can give cards to people and I can control the policy based on whether they're on a trip. I can automate folio collection. I can itemize receipts, right? So like all of these things um, just become really obvious when you combine all of them. And in the past, we've even tried to, before we built Liquid, uh, we partnered with other spend management type solutions and we were doing the travel piece. And we see that in the space happening a lot. Ultimately, we decided uh, we need to build it in-house, just like we decided, hey, we were a booking tool and we need to partner with other travel agencies to do support. We decided we need to do it in-house because 
when all of these things connect, when you can apply technology to the whole value chain, um, it creates that great experience for the user. And, and that's where we really, really continue to double, to double down. And that, that's always an interesting sort of point of strategic debate you know, within any any company that I've worked for, that sort of buy versus build versus partner. And that could sort of apply both to sort of internal technology pieces as well as um, customer or consumer-facing components. And I mean, I'll, I'll admit... Uh, and listeners will be probably familiar that that most of my operating background was in consumer facing companies and i think that you know what what i've seen in consumer fintech um as far as the approach of okay we're going to start with one you know order of magnitude improvement feature so i'll use you know venmo and cash app as my example where i i was talking with somebody about this recently it's like, do you remember going out to dinner before Venmo and Cash App when it's like, oh, man, like you put it on your card and I'll go to the ATM. But like the only ATM is this weird like off brand one in the bodega and it's going to surcharge me. Like it was honestly like a true nightmare to like settle up after something as simple as like getting dinner or, or getting drinks with friends. You know, Venmo and Cash App come along and solve it like elegantly. I mean, not without, you know. Uh, the fact that the business model is not profitable and there's some like fraud <laughs> problems, but like from a user perspective, it was like right. a 10x, 100x improvement over what they were doing before. Right. Now, like these these companies, these products use that as a wedge feature to attract users and then try to diversify into other products. How many people do you know with a, a you know cash app stock account? or right. using the Venmo credit card, very few. And it's, you know, they've built it, but it lacks differentiation and it also lacks synergy with like the core product that people adopted it for. It sounds like in your case, in TripAction's case, uh, you use the phrase one plus one equals three, right? It's it's more than additive where by taking the sort of travel uh, component and pairing it with your own, you know, homegrown, self-built expense component, you know, it it truly is more than the sum of its parts. Have I used every possible cliche now? No, no, I, I you, you might have, but I think you're I think you're right. Where I think it's about how big is the vision that you're trying to build, and if you want to make travel easy, right? Um, then then that vision needs to include all the all the some of the parts right which which includes the expense and it includes the payment piece and so you know if venmo's mission was to make paying for restaurants with friends easier then then yeah they solved it right but i think these guys have bigger visions and they want to keep executing on on adding more and more types of features that that can meet that vision and i and i think that's that's what we see with corporate travel or travel in general where um, since the beginning, payments and expense were already there. It's not like we're trying to squeeze more business models or more features in um, to build our company. This is something that we we knew we needed to solve on the first day. We just happened to start with the business travel piece, and we've now built out the liquid piece. Awesome. Um, I know uh, we talked about COVID and, and sort of how that uh, led to some of your uh, I don't want to say pivot because it wasn't a pivot, but growth. What were some of the sort of key learnings or maybe most surprising 
things you learned or unique opportunities that emerged as travel reopened and you know and business travel resumed coming out of the pandemic i mean you were you were at a very sort of interesting position uh both from like a data side of like seeing usage patterns and and what people were spending on or not spending on uh as well as having interaction uh qualitative interaction with with customers what you know was there something that was particularly interesting or surprising um you know as as the world sort of reopened post covid yeah great question um you know pre pre pandemic we were all business was go. We were continuing to scale like crazy. We had just reached um, a $4 billion private valuation. Um, we were a few years in. And on February 25th of 2020, we launched Liquid, which initially was the virtual travel payment and the travel card that you take with you. Five days later, we all got sent home uh, for the pandemic. And so in the very beginning, we saw all travel and usage just completely halt, right? The whole world mm -hmm. was basically stopped. Um, and it, and it was even worse for us because we also issued a lot of refunds. <laughs> so people were canceling their mm. trips. Um, and, you know, we, 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 in the very, very beginning thought, well, you know what, we've got a lot of people here. Let's help our customers. People were getting stuck, right? We have, um, uh, even our own offices all over the world. And remember when borders shut down, right? So it was like, okay, how do we process these travel? How do we get people home? Um, how do we help our customers? And we took that into the pandemic and into the early days where we even um, built, a, built a system that allowed us to automatically capture unused credit from all the cancellations that were happening on the airlines and mm -hmm. automatically apply them in the future when people started traveling again. Um, we continued to build different types of, of um, features and, and different types of innovations for our customers. So as travel started to pick back up, we built a feature called team travel. And now we see that um, companies are having lots and lots of offsites, bringing teams back together. And traditionally, if you wanted to do that, every manager essentially needed to become a travel manager. But we mm. built a tool where you can go in there, type the people that you want to travel, type the dates, the location, the airports, the times, the budget that you want. You add all the people, it gives you an estimated budget, send out the invite, and now you can track in real time where your team's at with booking their trips, how much they're spending. And, and it really enabled that entire uh, feature set. We also added and built on personal travel. So we've got your loyalty clubs. We've got all of the information about you, your preferences, whether you like window or aisle, all these types of things. And, and um, now as people start traveling again, we see 35% of business trips actually include a weekend, which means that mm -hmm. people are traveling for work, but they're also staying on the weekend. They're seeing the world. They're like, you know, as everything's opening back up, people have been stuck inside for, for a very long time. And so that, that type of application of meeting our customers where they are is, is something that we really doubled down on throughout the pandemic. The other piece was liquid where, you know, we mentioned it started with just a travel um, payments and very quickly iterated to build um, any type of business spend. And we saw lots of shifts from, uh, you know, more and more digital advertising, less out of home. We saw lots of employees mm -hmm. getting stipends for work from home furniture. And we saw things like gardening tools like explode, which is funny, but we saw like restaurant spend and uh, movie theaters and mini golfs and amusement parks, like all that type of stuff that you would traditionally do with your team in the early days um, of the pandemic or in, before the pandemic, they just completely stopped. And then as, as, um, business travel and, and meeting, meeting each other in persons kind of resumed now, 
Um, you know, again, tons of that team travel. We see restaurants, bars, movie theaters, amusement parks, like all these types of things really picking back up and less and less of the, the work from home stipends um, types of spend coming. And um, that's kind of where we are today, where companies are traveling like crazy. Um, and we even see more unique types of travelers. So in the past, it would have been your salespeople, your marketing people. Mm -hmm. Now it's R&D, product, engineering, like all, all different types, operations. Um, really, it's, it's spread across the entire company. And more and more um, employees at companies are interacting with travel and expense management tools. Got it. Um, that is a very interesting, like, overview of your experience. I, uh, I was just working at my kitchen table for like 18 months. No, <laughs> no, no, no interesting data points I learned uh, from that. Um, I do have one last question we get you on your uh, on your way. I mean, given that it's sort of beginning of the new year, uh, any any key goals or any uh, predictions you want to get out on a, a limb and make for uh, for 2023 travel or otherwise? Yeah, great question. I So I think, first of all, um, I think M&A in small fintech companies will mm -hmm. be prominent, right? I, I think times are are changing. I think, you know, with rising interest rates, there's been quite a lot of businesses that have been built off of, I would say, like cheaper money, right? It was mm -hmm. easy to raise. It was <laughs> interest rates were low, easy to fund customers. And um, I think companies with business models that relied on that um, are, 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 you know, just going to be going to be there for M&A. Um, sim we saw a similar uh, process in the travel space, right? So during the pandemic, when corporate travel was was not really there, um, we saw great opportunities, right? For us, um, I think we did four acquisitions over the last 18 months um, at TripAction. So I think that M&A in the fintech space will be pretty prominent. Um, I think that embedded fintech is becoming more and more important. So similar to what we did um, we saw more value we could create for our customers by embedding fintech. And I think uh, there was a post in the past that, you know, everyone needs to become a, a tech company or a software company. And I think, you know, more and more, we're going to continue to see that every software or tech company needs to, in some way, shape or form, embed fintech because of the seamless uh, customer experiences that we can create by doing so. So I would say those are kind of the two predictions that I have. Um, and of course, there's been like this massive revolution in in uh, AI and and allowing and, sh and and a vehicle to show people how powerful it can be. And I think that um, we're going to see really interesting things, specifically for the fintech community, leveraging AI um, in, in the coming year. It uh, definitely agree with your assessment on on both of those. I think the uh, fintech consolidation slash M and A wave uh, has has already started to pick up and. As some companies um, burn through their runway and may have more difficulty raising money, I think we're going to see see more of that throughout 2023. Uh, hopefully, everyone finds a, a good place for their teams and the tech they've built to to land. Um, ooh, ending on a bummer note. Um, <laughs> it doesn't uh, have to be a sad story. I, no, I think the, it doesn't have to know, be. Yeah, the acquisitions we made have been amazing, uh, and you know it's tough to find that combination of product, of people, and of culture. And when you can do it right, I think you can ask you know any of the companies that that we've acquired. But I I, I would say that you know it's again one of those one plus one equals three things, and and uh, it's important to find the right home that will do that as well. 
Yeah, ideally, it's it's accretive for for everyone in the transaction, including uh, including the customers. Um, Michael, thank you so much for the time. Where can listeners find you, and where can listeners learn more about Trip Actions and Trip Actions Liquid? Yeah, so personally, I'm definitely all over LinkedIn and and Twitter, um, and of course, Trip Actions is as well. And you can you can also find more up to date information on our blog on on tripactions.com. So all all information is is there, um, and we would love to have you follow us and and interact with us. Fantastic! Thank you so much, Michael. Uh, until next time. Thanks a lot. Talk soon. <laughs>